On Monday, we're celebrating Labor Day. And oftentimes we think it's about our work. But I'd like you to think about something that comes from the very end of the spiritual exercises of Ignatius. That God is laboring for us. That God is working day in, day out. That we might learn and be able to love each other. I'd like to today during the homily to step into the political arena. Very, very messy, very dicey. But I believe the gospel is something that can enter into every space of our lives and change us and help us to feel the labor of God, the love of God. So it's a delicate area. Well, I believe very strongly in separation of church and state, but I definitely believe the gospel comes right into the place in the middle of our country and speaks to us. But I need your prayers. So let's take a moment, just a sec, before I tell you three stories, of course. Three stories. In our country, we're hearing two stories right now. One is Black Lives Matter and the call of law and order. They're not opposed to each other. But what happens times when we want to correct each other as the scripture calls us, when the gospel is alive us, we've become so polarized and separate that we don't even see each other as sisters and brothers. And that God is trying to pull us together in a new way. So I'd like to share three stories from outside of this country that maybe give us a little different perspective on how we're to labor with God and love of our neighbor. The first story comes when I was in Haiti in the year 2004 in February. And I was traveling in the north with a group of five other people in this one car to see this development project, boreholes and, and that to help the poor. What happened was a group of rebels in the area of Gonaive, in the northern part of the country, had gotten out of, they were locked up. And they came into the town area of Gonaive and they killed all the police and then burned down the police station and then started attacking the people. It happened to be that the car that I was in with the six people total, counting myself, had just arrived in after a whole group of people came by with guns and shot up the town main square. And you could still see the police station burning. And a few people escaped out of their house and they came over to us because they knew the main priest who was in charge of our group, Father Tom Hagen. And they said, Father, Sister, and a few other people, you need to get out of here quick. Don't take the main roads. Go through the back roads. So we did for hours until we arrived at St. Mark's, the next city nearby before City Soleil in Port-au-Prince, the capital. And St. Mark's had been taken over by 12-year-old kids with machine guns. <laughs> you can still see it. And so we negotiated, paid off bribes, in order to get through the town to make it back to the capital. Law and order is something very real. And the assumption that we don't need security areas like this is an illusion. Because when there isn't that person to provide safety, the one with the gun or the strongest arm, 
runs things. One story. Second story. In the year 2013, I was in Kenya. And we know about the Westlands, the Westgate Mall. Al-Shabaab, a terrorist group, had come in and killed 63 people in the mall. It was a mall that I used to go shopping at, about 20 minutes from where I lived on the edge of Kibera, okay, a slum area in Nairobi. And what happened was the government called in troops, military troops, to come in to secure the mall area. And they went in and they secured the mall for a week. But on the videotapes that they later revealed to the press, the security forces, after 63 people had been killed, were robbing the stores in the mall, the jewelry store, the market. It was caught on the videotapes. And when you see either your police or your security or your army not defending you, but harming you, it left a sadness over the entire country of Kenya. Such deep sadness when government or police or political leaders, or we know in the church abuse cases, when the religious leaders don't live their leadership, the country can fall into a despair. Both stories need to be seen together. It's not an either or. But I think the third story I want to tell you is a way forward that pulls this all together in a different way of being and living in this land, especially as we have two months now before the election time, that we think and be together, pray in a new way. And I'd like to use a saint and her community that we celebrated yesterday. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Yeah, her feast day was yesterday. I've never met her, but I've met plenty of her sisters of charity throughout the world. In Haiti, when I was there, I celebrated Mass with their community. And the Sisters of Charity were in the roughest areas of the entire city of City Soleil in Port-au-Prince. So that when they said, we're going to walk in the ways of God, we're going to be right in the place where those who are suffering the most are. So I can lead, so I can see. And I know those who are hurting. It was in Kenya that I saw them as well in the slums or other areas, and they'd oftentimes come over to the Jesuit University there where I was teaching to celebrate Mass and then go back into the slums to help. And I remember seeing them in the Holy Land, in Nazareth. They were living with the Palestinians in the poorest communities. And I suspect this journey, this way of living of the Sisters of Charity, it's not a political choice. It's a love of neighbor choice that goes deeper and brings bridges, builds bridges in new ways. So what is it about their community? And I'd like to, to invite you. One of the first things about this community, the Sisters of Charity, is their focus on the Eucharist. Thanksgiving. So they begin their day in this prayer. 
before the Lord, blessed sacrament, and then they receive the Eucharist. We're here in Eucharist. We're not Democrat, Republican, or Independent, or whatever it is. And the Eucharist isn't about what we receive. The Eucharist is when the Spirit comes upon and changes the bread and wine, it's also meant to come upon us and change us. In our attitudes, or the ways that we think, when we get stuck or polarized. May the Eucharistic Christ make us Eucharist. Food for a world that's really hungry. That we can live together, think together, move forward in the future together. The sisters of charity come from all over the world, learning how to live with each other in different cultures and backgrounds and languages. And they do this in a way they begin with God. So I say the first step is one that we need to be silent. Create a place in our day that's silent. Not with noise so much that we want to critique or judge our brother or sister right away, but this silence so that it allows a space for God to step in in front of me and talk with me, rather than me talking all the time. So we silent ourselves just for a moment, and we begin to become small, small. In Christian understanding, we call it humility, the truth about ourselves. Smallness does not mean step on ourselves. Smallness means I lift others up. I'm not the first one. Others are lifted up and encouraged. Gosh, that's the story of the Sisters of Charity. They get into the roughest places and they lift the person off the street and they even lift them up and help them to die. That's how Mother Teresa began her ministry in Calcutta. She would go to those who everybody had thrown out on the streets to let them die. And she picked him up and says, I'll just be with him. I'll lift up the small ones and give them love as my neighbor, as my presence of God, as the face of Christ. So silence that moves us into smallness. And there's this other movement which is sacrifice. I think today we need to pick up an attitude, especially before the election, of some kind of ongoing penance, some kind of sacrifice in our lives that we just let go of always feeding our own appetite. And slowly as we stretch ourselves in this sacrifice, it starts creating a longing for something that's much, much more. So what kind of sacrifice could it be? It could be from food. It attacks really a physical uh, 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 Appetite right there inside of ourselves. It could be from technology, just a little bit limited. It could be the CNN or Fox News station we're always watching that feeds us with certain mentality. Just taper it off, limit it. But fast in a way that I just say, I'm going to be silent with God. I'm going to move in this direct to silence. I'm going to let go of myself as first. The Sisters of Charity... Their whole life is one of sacrifice to lift up the smallest. And finally, well, two other points I want to say is, and something about their community is, they move into service. I don't think if we can, if we want to correct other people or correct our society, we'll have any ways to do that unless we're serving, we're involved with other people's lives. Not just my immediate family, but the families that are around me. 
And so it's so important for us to see that our call to service, in the case of Mother Teresa, it was always to the poorest of the poor. Who are the poorest of the poor in our country? It's the black community first, and then the brown community, the Latino community. If we want to say that all lives matter, let's start with one place. Who's the ones that beat up the most, that are unfair in our justice system first? Who are experiencing the COVID, uh, the, the virus most strongly? The black community and the brown community. Mother Teresa used this line. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is not here. We have today. Let's begin. Black Lives Matter is a great place to begin. It's not an invitation to law and disorder or anything like that. If we're, if we're going to get involved with the poorest, let's begin in our community of those who have been beat up the most. And racism, which is real and systemic in our society, is going to take generations to root out, but let's begin. Let's begin. Across our street is Reed Park. And Mother Teresa would probably begin right there. Who are the poorest of the poor? We don't have to go very far. But we can begin. And so the Lord moves us into this silence to be small so that others can be lifted up. To sacrifice like the Lord to move into service. Mother Teresa's community is not a political community of left or right or Democrat, Republican. She just says, we're getting involved. And we're going to start with the poorest of the poor. And then we're invited to even serve in new ways and in amazing ways. So where are the poor of the poor around you? And if you can't find them, then find some other way of serving you know, uh, Monsignor is going to make an announcement today at the end of Mass. We're in need of persons to help us with our confirmation program. That's a place to serve. We have eight teachers and we need 25 more to work with our teens for confirmation. And I'm saying this to all those who are also online, close to 12,000 people. Because our classes are all virtual. Help on out. As we leave the comfort of ourselves and reach out to those others around us, we begin to see more. And then in the silence, in the quiet, in the sacrifice, in the service, we begin to be filled with God's spirit of loving each other as neighbor to care in a deeper way. The last S that I want to give for you The Catholic Christian community needs to study our social teachings as a church because our country needs it desperately. The respect of life from the moment of conception to the moment of death. The respect of family, of the poorest, an option for the poor, of the environment, of caring for each other, of respect, of the right to work. These basics of our social teaching can help us get very much more involved and to help us think in a way that we build bridges. Bridges where the gospel makes life real, concrete, now. So let me see my cheat sheet right now. 
Begin in the Eucharist. Come before God in silence. Move into smallness. Find something about sacrifice. Enter into service. Study the truths of our faith. And I'd like to invite us to do that over the next two months before the election so that we begin to offer a gift, a bridge building in our land. Mother Teresa is an amazing, amazing saint and her whole community, just by their life, is a bridge builder across borders, boundaries, all these different ways. If today you hear his voice, we hear in the psalm, Harden not your hearts. Amen.